thing now. So the great, um, okay. tremendous and then computer audio share. Um, okay. All right. Here we go. Let's get to it. Welcome to Exit Music for the podcast, for a podcast. I just <laughs> bent through that a little bit there. Um, I'm Jake Domohovsky. I'm here with Chris Calabrese, and I'm also here with Charlie Greenwald. We also have, uh, he just went off camera, but we have Alex Brown in the room with us as well. Um, we'll we'll dig into why he's here in a little bit, but we're super excited to have him here. Gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. Jake, good to see you. Chris, good to see you. Alex, yeah. thank you for being here as our first guest on Exit Music for a Podcast. Thanks for having me. Didn't yeah, know first, the first guest. guest, no pressure. First guest, <laughs> no pressure, no pressure at all. Um, yeah, so as you guys know, uh, we're talking Radiohead, today's album that we have all listened to, Alex, many times over the years, Chris, Jake, and I many times over the last three weeks um, for the first time. <laughs> Uh, is Hail to the Thief, which is, I think, Radiohead's sixth album. Is that right? That's right. That's, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So it's Pablo Honey, Ben's, Okay, okay Computer, Kid, Kid A, a and Amnesiac, Insomniac. and now we're on. Yeah, so you always say Insomniac. It's my favorite Green Day. It's my favorite Green Day record, man. Uh, um, oh, wow, the audio slave's still playing here in the background. Before we get into it, I just wanted to say because I thought this was pretty funny. I was I was chatting with Chuck last night. We were hanging out, and um, I think the thing that's really funny about this podcast is that for for right now, for all of us, Radiohead's a pretty big part of our lives right now as we're recording this podcast, and it's something that we all have in common. But talking to Charlie last night, the conversation about Radiohead is just so boring because we save everything for the podcast. <laughs> so we're just talking. We're like, yeah, that's a that was a record. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That one song, he says that line, and it's got that part, you know. And then, but and we just I, don't want to reveal anything about how we feel about it. So we're just kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, he says that word, he says that line, and then that one part is you expect something, and it's something else, you know. And this is certainly a record. Yeah, um, it really is. They're ahead, and, and then, got radio, and then, you know. And then we were listening to music and then a Radiohead from this Radiohead song from this record came on and you're like, oh, I love this song. You're like, what? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> what <laughs> I much, meant to much. say was I love reacting to this song and the reactions yeah, I can't that wait I to have. talk about it on the I'm podcast. waiting to tell you for the podcast. That's what I meant to say. And the only other thing I think that's very funny about this show, and it was very prevalent at uh, Charlie's wedding, is talking to other people about the show versus how we talk about Radiohead on the show always makes me laugh because I'll be talking to someone and be like, you know, this show and Charlie and I both were doing this to a lot of people at, at, at the wedding. Like, you know, it's a really interesting show where it's a, it's an interesting take on, on, on a band, you know, working through their, their, their discography in, in order, not being fans, but you're really exploring it and the, in the way, and we're reading the reviews from the time and really like immersing ourselves in, in like the band. But then you listen to the show and I'm just like, he says Jim Morrison real funny on that one song, you know, <laughs> right guys. And like, there's no real analysis, but we act like it's just some beautiful work of art. 
but that's all I have to say. I just thought that was, those are my two observations of the podcast. I mean, those are great Alex, observations. Alex, did you know that every old review of Radiohead albums compares them to you two? Every single one? <laughs> it's crazy. No, I did not. not I'm, hoping not to learn, I'm sure I'll learn some stuff about Radiohead today. I mean, yeah, you I guys got to know best. a lot being diving this this deep in. So it's got to be yeah. a weird few, weird few weeks for you guys. Uh, I will say, but... though, I don't <laughs> think I can name every member of the band right now. If you ask me, all mm-hmm. five members, I don't think I could do it. Well, two of those same last names. So. I, I so know two Greenwoods. at least four, but I don't think I know the fifth. Oh, actually, there no, is. I know. I, I, it's Tom York. It's Johnny Greenwood. I don't yes. know Johnny Greenwood's brother's name. Me and then neither. It's Ed O'Brien. <laughs> and Philip Ed O'Brien Selway. Plays Kate and Philip Selway. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Johnny I only Greenwood's know that because I, either. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I only know is. it because I wrote. I wrote it. I wrote the names. I wrote silly nicknames of all the n- names of the members of the band in one of the podcast de- descriptions. And then I just wrote the Greenwood Brothers or the Wood Brothers. So I don't remember what the one name is. My, my brothers and I have a nickname for Colin Greenwood. Colin. We call him the we call him the family man. And it's because he just looks like your ordinary dad. Like when you see him in concert, all the other band members look so freaking weird uh, and are dressed weird and act weird. But but Colin's just up there strumming the bass, looking like a dad. And we always have these jokes about like, like what what does his family think he's doing right now? Like what what just <laughs> we always had these like like weird like dialogues about like him being just a family man and like kids I gotta I gotta go play with Radiohead for the night like I'll be home in the morning <laughs> like he just looks like <laughs> your average dad compared to Johnny. See this is the perspective like we need. Yeah, yes. Johnny looks like this is what classic we've been guitarist. The long hair never really looks up from his guitar. Yeah, he's, he's really what you'd <laughs> expect from from a, a alternative rock star. But but yeah, Colin looks like a dad, so we call him the family man and so, family. So Alex, you your whole family likes Radiohead. Yeah, so I'm the youngest of three brothers, seven and ten years older than me. Um, so I was born in '94. So I don't really have any friends my age who listen to Radiohead. It's because of my older brothers that I got into Radiohead. So their music influence was the music I listened to growing up. I hear some in the background right now. Um, it's and... a long record, so I just wanted to start it to meet interrupt. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so not distracting at all uh, <laughs> but uh but yeah i grew up uh listening to radiohead and liking the same bands they did and it's both of my older brother's favorite band ever uh mm. by a mile and is the same for me so uh, that's, that's so cool kind of started it's interesting to hear you say that so you're i guess 28 alex 27 yeah. 28 so 28, your brothers yeah. you said seven and ten years older so they're in their 30s and it's interesting that you say that like i i feel like the younger generations like radiohead i feel like they have people who are from younger demos who like them but they they're like key demo the people who really love them are probably people who are like in their 30s and 40s right right Mm -hmm. now like they i i bet you probably wouldn't meet a lot of 20 you know radiohead fans in their 20s and then going back in their teens um but in yet 
to me, it's like this interesting thing where I feel like they do still kind of stay relevant. Like I always am reading about them and now they have this side project that I haven't listened to. And they just did an NPR Tiny Desk concert. The Smile did. I didn't see it, but I saw it yeah, on my I'm recommended. Saving it. So I'm, I'm saving it. I saw it on my recommended. But it's interesting like to hear you describe that you don't have a lot of friends that are your age who necessarily listen to them it just reminds me of like okay they do have like a key demographic and this is the type of people you know you know i don't know but men women in in their 30s and to 40s at this point in 2022 those are the radiohead fans you know those people who kind of grew up with them so, you're right yeah. in the money because all of i mean both my brothers every single one of them their friends are diehard radiohead fans so oh, it's wow. it's it's like a small age range but that age range is die hard enough where they have where they're this big and have this many fans and it's this hard to see them in person and um so it is it mm. is that's a great way to put it it's a very specific age range that is the probably makes up the majority of their fan base so and it's Alex, also funny that yeah, you ahead. mentioned that you don't have that many friends that li listen to radiohead because that reminds me of chris because he just doesn't have a lot of friends <laughs> Yeah, I was like about to resonate with you hard on that, but then you said that listened to Radiohead, and I was like, the oh, second half of the well, sentence, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. technically, you also don't have a lot of friends listening to Radiohead. Yeah. It's a subcategory of a friend is a friend who listens to Radiohead. So if you don't have the top, then you don't have the subcategory too. You know <laughs> if I mean? you had, if you had finished that sentence with "I don't have a lot of friends," I would have been like, "Well, damn it, Alex, we're glad that you're here, and we really appreciate everybody." <laughs> you know, but uh, I was ready to crank up the. Uh, inclusivity but anyway let's start to talk let's talk one, about one one thing i'm gonna have to tell yeah, you guys ahead. each song that comes on kind of just where they stand in my mind this song goes so hard live like top five all time oh, live songs is two plus two equals five hands down so didn't mean wow. to interrupt but had i knew the song was about to end and i feel like i have to comment a little bit on the songs as we go through now that i know that how many times have you seen happening. them I've seen Radiohead nine times, and I've wow. seen The Smile once, Adams for Peace once, and Tom York solo once. So I can talk about those projects as well that are that sweet. Well, that rules, and I really want to hear your opinion. And I think the first thing that we should do is just talk a little bit about the background of Hail to the Thief, and then what we all thought of it. And then Alex, maybe you can kind of just go off on your opinions on not just this album, but like. Radiohead in general and what you love about them. So, you know, I can do a little background too if if you guys want to jump in on this. But something that I think is really interesting, right, about Hail to the Thief is this album was recorded in two weeks, mostly live. I don't necessarily think that I read anything about Radiohead leading to this point that they had done that on any of the previous albums. It's possible they do it on some of their future albums. But something that you read in like the background of this record is that it was recorded with Nigel Godrich um, in two weeks, which is crazy because this is an hour long album. It's so long, possibly the late, I don't know, probably the longest Radiohead album, right? And they're doing the whole thing live. It's long. And Alex, something that you, again, our podcast episodes aren't out yet, but that there's a recurring theme of of our intro to Radiohead and our exposure to them is that after every album they're restless and unhappy and they hated their old album and they want to completely reinvent themselves and do something super different on their new album you know and it, everything we had read was like Tom York was feeling he was feeling restless he was feeling anxious he was burnt out and so I think it's really interesting that 
this album was recorded in two weeks and yet is their longest album and mm. also seemingly their most like political, overtly political album. What do you guys think? Wow, I hey, agree. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting was... on I'm sitting on mute for a little bit just because my I'm sniffing a lot and I'm coughing, so I'm just gonna hang on mute for a little bit. Okay, we can turn. If you see me talking, just give me a heads up because I probably forget. But Chris, please. But before I forget, you said they're lo- one of their longest albums. Um, I believe that Tom and Johnny said they think it would have been their best album ever if it was a little shorter and they left it's a few too long. songs off the record. That's. So. That's my that's my biggest note. I will just high level for me. I think this record's fucking great. I really enjoyed mm-hmm. listening to it. I had a great time. It was a lot more palatable uh, for me than Kid A and Amnesiac, which doesn't mean it's better or worse, but it was just an easier listen. It, it was more comfortable for me. I, I enjoyed it a lot. I feel like this is one of their more crushable records, and to quote Chris again. But Chris, I know I interrupted you twice now. One of them, both of them, not really productively. So I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you finish. No, I think uh, you know the fact that they were that the record was recorded live first of all and second of all that it was done in two weeks makes a ton of sense to me because it felt very like natural and kind of like a breath of fresh air like it almost reminds me of amnesiac and kid a were almost like you know those restaurants that serve like food that's really tiny and has like insane little details that are like and they use all these chemicals to like make this kind of molecular gastronomy type situation and it's very like picky and like that was kind of like where the direction that they were headed in and then this was kind of like a a rustic meal that was very like comforting and warm and good and enjoyable like it was kind of like a it felt like a first draft in like the best way possible like a very natural just band working in their absolute like prime cranking out like just very good alternative rock songs um it's pie yeah exactly this is the shepherd's pie of uh of radiohead albums i would say yeah and i was something i was gonna say too is you know kid a and amnesiac i i i we talked about this in the last episode but they are almost like a double album and uh hilarious bit what Kid B, hilarious. Yeah, kid, bit. kid B, great bit. <laughs> Still funny when I when I read that. And what I think is really interesting about uh, this album is it seemed to me like they were trying to fuse together um, what they had done on Amnesiac and Kid A, but also like some of their Benzier type sounds. So like it it feels much more like a better fusion of the rock that they started out doing but the electronic that they really experimented with at the turn of the century um and uh you know i read on i read on the uh on the wikipedia page in the background it said radiohead tried to work quickly and spontaneously avoiding procrastination and over analysis johnny greenwood said we didn't really have time to be stressed about what we did we got to the second week before we had even heard what we did on the first two days and we didn't even remember recording it or who was playing things which was a magical way of doing it so it kind of Mm. sounds to me like when you combine that with the fact that it was long with the fact that they recorded it in two weeks mostly live it sounds to me like they were having the most fun on this album like they had kind of comforted they had felt comfortable and settled into their identity um and a lot of the first albums you know the first five albums they were very shifty and it was like okay we just did this what are we doing next and we had just done that 
how do we pivot and do like something completely different, a complete left turn? And this one is like, all right, we're comfortable with a lot of our identities and our sounds. We're going to swing big. We're going to do some bigger songs and we're going to mess around and have a lot of fun with it. And I feel like th that spontaneity and that um, creativity kind of comes through on, on this album, which is part of why I, I also really enjoy it. Um, it just, it, it felt, it feels very natural. Um, in in sit down stand up that was um, this was one of the points I made to Charlie yesterday that I couldn't uh, uh, tell him how I felt about but in sit down stand up I really enjoyed the part where there's that big build and then you're so conditioned from today's music to have a big drop but then it just goes like like in the background and I fucking love it it's so cool just because the first time I heard it I was so like completely blindsided by that happening <laughs> i thought it was going to be some big thing even after like exit music for a film even the songs on okay computer they do do those big bills with a big climax and stuff i know that was the drama of okay computer was a problem that you had with it chris right yeah um yeah like this song problems <laughs> problems like with that. okay computer oh my god it's gonna be a controversial hour it's gonna get ramped up quickly alex i really like this this is really good <laughs> I, one of my biggest like notes for this episode is that songs like this are really starting to kind of like get to me a little bit not like get to me but i'm like this is the part of radiohead where i'm like and i understand that it's such a crucial part of them but like i'm really having a hard time not hitting skip on the slow burners uh or not even the slow burners but just like the <sighs> not meditative but these kind of droning Tom York falsetto dreamy kind of, I don't you know. Like, you like I'm the like, chaos and the, like the frenetic nature of the, of well, well, yeah, Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when we're looking at a 56 minute album, this is the part where I'm like, all right, I want to hit next here. Um, that's, but it's I'm, very fair. Uh, you know, I, I think it's fair, sure. especially as a new listener. I mean, I think, there are certain songs like that that I did not gain a great appreciation for until I saw them live. Um, for sure. That totally changes your perspective on them. And they have such a diverse set of songs that when you can go from like a song like two plus two equals five to sit down, stand up or sail to the moon, which is like, I mean, it's just a little all over the spectrum that like mm. as a new listener, if I'm going to play a song for someone who's never heard Radiohead, it's going to be a banger all day. Like I'm never, never introducing someone to Radiohead with sail to the moon or sit down, stand up. Like this is not, not going to get me anywhere. So I don't, I don't, I think it's a fair take. And I think you gain appreciation for those songs, just like you do Radiohead because they are such an acquired taste. Mm, yeah. Alex, like were you as, as you get to like know the catalog more, those songs end up kind of standing out to you or meaning more to you down the line. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. My my thing was kind of a bit, so I wanted to let you go. Alex, were you at the uh, were you at the concert where they start where they were tuning the guitars and then everyone started to cry? <laughs> no, I didn't know that happened, but yeah. I wish. Oh, that was a classic story that they were uh, they were tuning their guitars at the beginning of a show and people thought it was new music. <laughs> is that true that's, I, that's what i heard i don't know and people was, were so emotional that they were playing new music that they started to cry that's what like the uh, that's what the story goes i don't know if it's true or not it sounds like an onion article they do they do have some 
I mean, their their fans are are as diehard as they come. I ain't no doubt about that. So it's not mm. that surprising. All right. Do you have anything on sit down stand up or sail to the moon? Since we kind of were chatting all through those, Alex. Um, I, I, like I said, I think I think we we covered it. I think those are songs that are even more of an acquired taste, and you come to appreciate long term in your Radiohead journey. But at first, might be like. Wait, you're you might be waiting for more to happen because of some of the previous albums and songs yeah. on the album. Um, I also think, and, and I know we're not totally there yet in terms of like my review of the album, but I definitely think it's their darkest album. Um, so I think that some of the darker songs you really got to be in the right mood for. Mm. Like if I want to show someone a song that's going to freak them out the most, like I'm not trying to get them into Radiohead. I'm trying to like be really annoying. I'm going to play like a live version of The Gloaming and like they're not going to be friends with me after that. So, so like, <laughs> like, like, like it's a pretty, it's a pretty dark album. So these songs are just, just an acquired taste, but they're, I mean, but, but they're beautiful. Which for Chris, that would be detrimental because he has so few friends that to lose one <laughs> is a big deal. Yeah, the, right. Large percent, large percentage yeah. hit to uh, yeah. his yeah. friend base. That's yeah. a big hit. That would be devastating, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of the content, songwriter Tom York wrote lyrics influenced by the unfolding war on terror and the surrounding political discourse, incorporating influences from fairy tales and children's literature, says Wikipedia. Yeah, and Hail to the Thief, which I was reading about, is a direct reference to George W. Bush um, when he won the presidential election in 2000 after the very controversial recount. Um, and it was used by protesters when he was like sworn in and during the presidential election um, because, you know, everybody thought that he had, it's weird to say this now, right? Because we've heard stolen election so many times in a different context, but that's kind of what that it's is. It's been referencing. going on for years. It's been going on for it's years. Not the first time. Okay, it's been so it's not the first time. Exactly. History repeats itself. Everybody knows this, okay? But what's really interesting is But it happens worse to me. It wasn't as bad for him as it is for me. That's right. <laughs> exactly. 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 But I think I'm looking at the album cover too, and it's like the like the it's I started to show this to my wife, who's a graphic designer, and she was like, I love this album cover. And like, that didn't shock me at all. Like, it's very, this is a very interesting album cover. Like I, the first thing that I thought of was like propaganda, like politics, like commercialism, a lot mm -hmm. of things that Radiohead has kind of touched on before. But like the first word that I see when I look at this Hail to the Thief album cover, which is a smattering of words that I guess Tom York saw on billboards around Los Angeles. Um, the first word that I see, although again, different people are drawn to different things, is poor. And then the second one that I see is TV. And then the third one is oil. Like those are the first three words that like I see when I'm looking at the album cover and like, and 25 cents is at the bottom and security and fear. So like, it's interesting that you say, Alex, that you think this is their darkest album because I certainly thought of it as their most political, but like maybe they can be both at the same time, you know? I mean, the song names to me are completely, as always with Radiohead, unsettling and earring. You have back drifts, two plus yeah. two equals five, go to sleep, where I end and you begin. We suck young Fuck blood. young blood, the gloaming, <laughs> they're there, which is nice in context, but is also like patronizing. A yeah. wolf at the door, scatterbrain, and 
myxomatosis. It's like none of these titles are meant to make you feel comfortable. Quick, I, quick, quick thing. So just so you know, it. so do you guys know what myxomatosis is? It's a cat disease. No. Um, no. Oh. Yeah, it's a cat disease. It is probably the hardest song live besides two, maybe besides two plus two equals. But see, this album is such a weird mix of like some of the songs that go the most crazy live as well as some of the darkest, weirdest songs. And like I said, dark, I didn't even necessarily mean the lyrics. I meant just like kind of the vibe of them and the sound mm. of them. Because can anyone actually that, understand yeah. what Tom York is saying in any of these songs? Like, no, definitely not. So, 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 so like I'm talking more, more even vibe than I lyrics, but yeah, the, some mm. of the some of the best live songs are on this album. And actually, they don't play a lot of this album live. They have a few that they always play and then a, few, and then a handful that they never play. Uh, but myxomatosis, which is a cat's disease. So when you go through the, the lyric, I mean, the, the different titles that are that are concerning, um, you don't really know what myxomatosis is, but uh, I'm sure all the ones that aren't concerning off uh off the bat or concerning once we figure out what they actually mean yeah. like like myxomatosis which is a deadly cat disease i kind of mm. i kind of listen to the records with uh without looking at the titles i just press kind of play on the first one i let it play out so then today when i was going through some of these and trying to figure out which like moments go with which songs i saw myxomatosis and i said you know it's, it's so hard to differentiate these titles uh myxomatosis more like mix up my titles <laughs> wow I didn't have that same thought but now it's all I'm going to think about when I listen to this song um, I was going to say Alex something that you mentioned that I, 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 I don't want to lose is like you said do we really know what Tom York is saying like not really right and I actually feel like on parts of the bends I've kind of washed Pablo Honey away from my mind but on parts of the bends, good, good, very smart decision. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's, it. it's, 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 but on parts of the bends, which you're was wrong. which was my <laughs> yeah, you're wrong, which was my favorite for sure. The bends was like I actually really, I felt like I understood a lot of the lyrics that he was saying, and I feel like on some of these songs, he really is like one of these songwriters who's just like, here are my sentences, you interpret it however you want to interpret it. Like he lets the audience kind of draw their own conclusions on you know what they what they think so certain songs mean like he really he doesn't he doesn't tell you he winks at you and is like this is could be about this but you can really interpret however you want you know it's you're a telling lot of, me you can interpret tom york's facial expressions because that's pretty impressive as well that i can't that i, I <laughs> he's he's so manic when i watch him in videos online and he's performing songs like I, again i've only watched him perform stuff up till this album but he has like this like i don't know how to describe it no one if you're listening you can't hear you can't see what i'm doing right now but i'm walking kind of like a <laughs> like a zombie, zombie. A mummy walk yeah like a yeah. mummy zombie walk who looks like they're being like electrocuted like he's so passionate but it's also like weird because it looks like he's having a seizure when he's singing but yeah, I like, like lyrically, I feel like I used to understand what kind of what it was getting at. And now I feel like it's much more like ambiguous, if that makes mm. sense. It, it gets harder through the albums. You're so right. The bends, 
I consider their most classic rock album out of all of them with OK Computer as a, as a, as a secondary to that. Uh, but yeah, I think the Benz is their most classic before they start to become really alternative, really electric. And each album, you probably can understand what he's saying less and less and less throughout um, the albums. So spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think, there, I think you're, I think you're there. I, I think, no, 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 no. I think you're there. Like, like, yeah. I think this, 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 like, like you're at that point where you, you, it's, it's not easy to understand what he's saying. And I think that, um, that doesn't necessarily change. <laughs> no Just a little insight on, on my end. I have never on any of the records gotten a hold of any of the lyrics really. So I've never <laughs> looked them up. I've never looked up the lyrics. I don't think, I mean, I've like picked up a few sentences had it here and here and there, like, especially Wolf at the door. One of the lines really sticks out. Cause I don't know if Tom York curses that much, but he, he says something about not fucking the girl in the one song, right? On this record, which he doesn't uh, really say that word that often. Does he Alex? I, I, I guess I don't think so. And that's impressive that you, that you were able to pick that up. Cause I don't think I have, um, now I got, I just, it was always Wolf very and, shocking. Like, like, it was I got like, a tangent about Wolf at the door. That because they're like let me pull up the album there's i'd say so like i said i've seen them nine times they can pretty much uh, i mean they're super impressive in in what they can do live it's it's i've taken non-radiohead fans there who don't even know radiohead and leave and are like like need to go to therapy type thing like they're like what what just happened to me they're they're mind they're mind-blowing experiences they're like they spend millions on their light show um it's 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 a one-of-a-kind show you guys will have to find a way if we pray to god they uh they're not religious, but pray that they go back on tour at some point. Yeah. Um, but they always play two plus two. They always play the gloaming. They're there and mixomatosis. Otherwise, they don't really play this album. Um, hmm. Seen them nine times. They broke out Wolf at the Door. The last show I went to, uh, I was like three rows back at, at uh, was that at uh, TD Garden? Three rows back on wow. the floor, and oh my God, was Wolf at the Door insane? Like just the intro, and everyone there knows they haven't played Wolf at the Door in 15 years when it comes on. And it's, <laughs> I mean, it's just, and and no one actually, and everyone pretends like they know the lyrics. Like you're saying, you're you're singing <laughs> along. Like I sing along to every song, but that's just because I know like the noises, not mm -hmm. not the not the actual words. And people are like. And literally, if people are like, oh my God, like, like, like looking at me like I know the lyrics, and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm faking like everyone else here, but, uh, but, uh, but you got to do it. <laughs> yeah, it's funny to hear you say that they have, that they spend a lot on their lights. Like, I would have assumed that they were more of just like a get out there and play kind of band. No way. But They're like an EDM light show. They, they, I mean, wow. they, I remember they, wow. they've toned it down recently. They had a, uh, they had an, a million plus dollars set up either the first or second tour that I saw them on. And unfortunately, rest in peace, someone actually passed away from an accident setting it up. Uh, and they ended up toning it down from there on a little bit uh, because yeah. of that. But yeah, you don't expect an alternative rock band to have that type of light show. Every every tour is different and it's one of the best parts. It's actually, there's two reasons I really like seats as opposed to the floor. I've done the floor once, maybe twice in those nine shows. There's two reasons you like seats. When you're 5'5", five, five, like I am, um, way better experience and the light and the light show. I mean, you wanna you don't you wanna be able to see everything. Their light show, I've never. Mm. I mean, I've been to a lot of concerts and there's no light show that touches theirs. That goes especially with some of these big songs. It's it's uh, 
it's an experience. Yeah, I think of their music as very visual. And so I think that's mm, what's definitely. cool about it is it's like, I feel like they're just seeing, you know, I, it's a dumb thing to say, but it's like certain times I feel like I'm underwater when I'm listening to them. Certain times mm. I feel like I'm like going through like a cave or like a dream sequence. Other times I feel like it's very spacey and like intergalactic. Like they're very, I feel like they're a very visual band in that way. So I'm sure it'd be really cool to see their music paired with like an, an exceptional light show. Hmm. And a, a potential future guest on the show is a very visual person. So that could potentially, that, that's what the hope is that there's a, there's a strong connection there. Um, uh, as we mean? mentioned earlier in the I, show, I have to I have to ask what that means. You can't just drop that and not tell me. No, the I, the the next episode of the show I think is it's what I mentioned before the show that I didn't want to spoil it. Remember when I said that earlier? I didn't want to spoil it because I'm not sure if it's going to happen. All right, I'll, no? oh, there you I'll, go. I'll put you it go. in the chat. I'll put it in the chat. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, no spoilers. Uh, um, I, I'm innocent. No I didn't know. I'm sorry. It's just no, you're good. You're good. You're good. Intriguing comment. Nah. You're, you're perfect. Um, we mentioned earlier that we can't go through uh, reviews of these records without mentioning you 2 I can't go an hour without mentioning you 2 um, In the Bono book, he talks about Radiohead. Uh, Charlie, you're definitely not there yet. Charlie started reading it, but he, later he talks about Radiohead just like pretty briefly, just a couple sentences. But what he says is that Radiohead is the type of band that you feel like you need to take your shoes off when you're listening to them because you're in the presence of God's. <laughs> wow that's incredibly high praise from bono i really can't think of bono without the uh south park episode so it's a, it's a, it's a poor light on him but uh but i appreciate where he's coming from <laughs> i have to watch that i i i'm gonna read i don't book. know what you're referring to either. yeah it's it's been a decade since i liked south park because i thought it went downhill but they had a great back in the day it was my favorite show just like i loved radiohead because of my brothers i love south park because of my brothers like they they pretty much went hand in hand to agree south park actually has a great bit on radiohead as well in a very old episode but uh but yeah they also don't do you two very kindly and specifically <laughs> bono uh, so, that's so, hilarious so, that's okay that's all right um bono also brings up david bowie extensively in the book which is an extraordinary passage i really enjoyed it hmm. um he says that i'll just tell you right now i don't give a fuck he says he was showing bowie octoon baby in the 80s when they made it and uh, Bowie was like, you know, this kind of sounds like uh, <laughs> that sounds like the records I was like working on like five years yeah, ago. Yeah, his like, German oh, yeah. albums. We were, yeah, it was like, oh, we recorded that Octoon Baby in the same studio and with the same producer as you did Low Lodger and Heroes. So yeah, it sounds exactly the same. He's like, eh, sounds good. Yeah, <laughs> and <they're> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah Which is super funny. It's a small, the music <laughs> industry, I feel like, is a small world. It's like if you're an artist, you know, like you record at like a lot of the same studios in the same cities mm -hmm. with the same people. Like I've seen Pino Especially Pal if you're the biggest artist in the world in the 70s and 80s, you're going to work with Brian Eno. Like it. Yeah, exactly. I've seen Pino Palladino and Gail Ann Dorsey, who are like two great bassists, play with like five artists that I like and just like mm -hmm. as part of their touring band, you know, like they'll be with. David Bowie one minute and they'll be with Lenny Kravitz the next. And it's like, wait a minute, that's the same, those same guys. So it makes sense that Bono would say that about Bowie. And I, you know, it's so funny, man. Like I totally don't hear any U2 really in Radiohead. Like, I don't know what these people are talking about. Neither do about. I. 
I think it, the well, band... no, but it's not the comparison to the music, though. It's a compare. It's mainly a comparison. It's mainly a statement on the fact that you couldn't write an article about music in in the '90s and the early 2000s without mentioning you too. So it wasn't that they were comparing in a lot of these. There was yeah. even articles I read that were like, and Radiohead just played at this arena. You too played there recently. Like they just have yeah. to mention because <laughs> they were so fucking huge that yeah, you just can't so crazy. talk about music without talking about you too. Yeah, and I I think they're both. I think if there's anything that you can compare them to, it's that the Edge is like an oh, experiment. He's an experimental guitarist, and it's like constantly playing with sounds, and like so is Radiohead. And I guess that's where I would draw the similarity. But like Bono and Tom York to me have nothing in common. I've talked about this a lot before, but like Tom York reminds me more and more of Jeff Buckley, who is a vocalist that I adore, who died very young, and Matt Bellamy from Muse. And I know we're not there yet, but Mike's Mixomatosis sounded like a Muse song to me. When I heard it, I was like, this sounds exactly like Muse. And uh, anyway, we, we'll get to it later, but. Well, no no surprise that I'm also a diehard Muse fan and I've seen them many times live. Now, yes. I, I think they've gone, they've changed a little too much for me as of recent compared to Radiohead that can do no wrong in my eyes, which is <laughs> biased, but uh, that's a fact. But we definitely have to spend some time on Tom York, who um, outside of the band as a whole is a very unique individual. Um, I mean, and and seeing him live, they they trade instruments the entire time. Like no one plays the same instrument for two songs in a row. And Tom, I'm if I'm, I mean, you could fact check me on this. I believe he can play like twenty plus instruments fluently, and maybe that's a common thing in in like like big bands that they're that that they can do that. But I always thought that to be super impressive that he can play that level of to that level of every instrument out there and they they constantly change instruments um and sometimes they're i mean look like thinking about they're there on this album they bring out like five drum sets there there are so many drum sets for that song that song is impeccably amazing one of my top five all-time favorite radio songs is they're there um and they bring out so many drum sets for that song and then reaching back to kid a a little bit he's uh Johnny has like this giant like industrial computer server out there. It's not even an instrument. You're like you half the time you look up and you're like, what what is that on stage? Like what what are they doing? Um, and I'm not positive on this, but someone once told me that that Tom York pretty much just made Kid A on his own, and then was like, guys, you got to find a way to like be part of this album because like I've already made it, and so like they had to get really creative, and that's where Johnny's playing this like literal computer server. Uh, as part of an album and then they bring it on stage and you're like what is happening so um tom's a, i think a unique guy and i, I uh, i'd love to meet him my brother got this close to meeting him he got out of an el he got out of an elevator with his best friend um and tom york was standing there and they were walking behind him for uh, i don't know 15 20 seconds and my brother who great sense of humor spent the entire time just trying to think of something funny to talk to mm. him about something to say and right as he finally came up with his idea his friend just yelled tom and tom turned around in like total disgust and like just like moved on with his life and the opportunity was wasted and i think my my brother will always resent his best friend for for that missed opportunity for just screaming tom's name and not being able to say something greater but uh i'd be curious to see what he's like in person you were going to say something, Jake. I, I feel like you had something on the tip of your tongue. 
Oh man, I did, but I forgot it. I went on a rant. I can't help. No, no, I mean, no, no, that's good. No, <laughs> I, I, Alex, I, I have be... two things. Yeah, no, go, yeah, ahead, go, Chris. go, go. One, I think "There, There" is my favorite Radiohead song so far. What? Nice. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. And the two, king. Uh, the king has spoken. <laughs> Alex, are you? Is there? Isn't there kind of like a? I think among fans, not among the bands themselves, but isn't there like a Muse Radiohead kind of beef? Sounds familiar. Um, I'm not, I don't, I don't know about that. I, it sounds familiar though. So I, I but I'm not totally sure. Um, like I, the, the reason I'm saying this is because I remember, I remember a, an old coworker of mine posting something and this might've just been like a dumb thing, but an article about Kid A versus, um, what would Muse's biggest record at that time be? I can't think of. Uh, no, the one so with the Knights of Sidonia on it. Super massive black hole. No, that's a record. Yeah, right? I, no, that's the song. Uh, yeah, that is the song. Super massive black hole. Um, I can't think of it, but that like, might be the name of the album. Is it? I'm I'm struggling to remember as well the name of that album. I can fact check that for you, fellas. I can get on that. Yeah, take a look. But like an article, like um, someone on Facebook posted an article about like which one are you, and then like there was like a million comments on this person's Facebook post being like, no, Kid A like kicks his album's ass. Like I'm way more of a Kid A kid. Like I, you know. And then people were like very passionately responding to one another. So I didn't know if that was just a isolated incident or if it's. Oh, but it Google, seems like you are. Google Google says that Tom York has accused Muse of slagging ah, off them. Uh, and openly ripping oh. us off. So it looks like <laughs> over the years they have expressed aversion towards Muse. So um, I don't know much about it, but I certainly will be reading more about it after uh, after this. And uh, I, I hope I don't have to choose because I love both bands. But if I, I think it's more it's Radiohead. <laughs> yeah, I'm, and I think I I feel like a lot of people would. I I don't I don't think a lot of musicians. I th sorry, let me rephrase this. I don't think a lot of fans, I never like to do this. I don't like to pin bands against each other, but I do think that bands pin themselves against each other or pit themselves against each other, whatever the expression is. And it seems to me like Muse and Radiohead have like a distaste for each other more so than fans are like comparing them. Cause like, I don't think of Muse, other than Matt Bellamy sounding like Tom York because he's super falsetto-y. You know, he does a lot of like, you know that kind of sound which i think tom york like really harnessed and then matt bellamy matt bellamy's an incredible singer too like absolutely unreal voice and so i think of them in similar but i almost think muse is more u2 like because their music is more upbeat and rocky and like, arena, and like epic and epic yeah. exactly and arena ready and radiohead to me it is they can play arenas and do but their music feels more like you know inscrutable and dark and mysterious and like puzzly and you know experimental um puzzly is a good word because i was gonna say for some reason muse has always struck me as more mathy than radiohead like radiohead does not strike me as mathy at all at all because i think it's so chaotic but muse has always even though they're not a math rock band i've always in my head had this like feeling that they were mathy for some reason mm. i don't know why i think it's because it feels more calculated and like mm. progression based than radiohead does which is just kind of all over the place it's just this super uh black holes and revelations by the way is the new oh yes i knew you were close to super massive black hole it sounded, yeah. sounded close 
this this song in particular, where I end and you begin, is uh, one of my top two songs I've never seen live. Um, this is um, there, there. There. Oh fuck! I messed it up. Ah, that's that's that. All my credibility. <laughs> you're good. You're good. Out the door. <laughs> yeah, you're good. I mean, listen to the background, I only, and, and I only put it out because really this is Chris's favorite. No, yeah. there's a few songs that really hit my ticker. Where I end, you begin in there. There are both in that realm. So I, yeah, I listen in the background. It hit me wrong. Um, so I won't wait for where I end. Uh, you begin to say that again. But they, I've never seen it live. Um, I've seen there there many times. I'd be upset at any concert where they don't play it. But where I end, you begin. Um, I've never seen. Um, and one song you guys have never heard before is the other one. No spoilers. Um, there's two songs I've never heard before live, uh, and I'll be upset if I die without hearing them live. So <laughs> we're gonna hope they go on tour and play "Where I End You Begin" because I've watched this, them play it on YouTube many times, uh, but not oh, in person. Mm. But they're there; they play all the time. This song is was... always blue. And see it as I listen to it. It's always blue. Their color yeah, schemes nice. are different per song. Uh, this song's always blue lights. I feel I like I, I can I can get into like I don't know how to best to describe it, but just there's something about this song that you can you can get into the rhythm of it. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I yeah, feel like I creeps. can jump into this song and run with it. You know, <laughs> like it's got this great it's got this great groove, but you know. But it, which I think starts with the drums, by the way. Boom, 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 boom. It's like kind of like a nice drum beat throughout, and then the rest of the music kind of like carries along with it. And I, I agree. Like I just think this song is like a total highlight of this album. I can see why it's the most popular, it's the most streamed, and most played from this record live. And yeah, it's just like a this song. That song kicks ass. Hmm. And it builds and then comes back down, which I always like. And, you know, when songs crescendo. So, yeah, this song is awesome. All right, we've got five tracks left. Do we want to start to talk about overall? Uh, Charlie, what was your schedule? I forget. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think we should, for the next, like, 15 minutes, we should just kind of, like, and I want to pick Alex's brain just one more minute about some of the context of this. But, like, yeah, for me, like, I loved this album. And I don't remember what my fandometer was at, but like- Do you want I, me to tell you? Sure. Oh, do you want uh, to get into fandometer right now? We doing yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, let's Okay, just... now I will, before we put the scores in, Chris, can you explain to Alex, you know, what the fandometer is? Yes, yes, Because yes, I'll yes, admit, really I'm, I'm, I'm losing grasp <laughs> of what the fandometer is week <laughs> after week. Every I'm, time. I feel like I'm draft, like I'm drifting further away from what the fandometer segment actually is. So I would love for you to explain to Alex, and hopefully I can glean some notes from it as well. Yeah. Okay. So I'm trying to remember which side of this I fell on, but I'm pretty sure that this is what the fandometer <laughs> is. It's the percentage to which you are a fan of Radiohead. So if you are 100% a fan you they are completely in your rotation they you know maybe are like you would you you would you would listen to them regularly they're a band that you love and would consider in your you know top 50 bands or maybe top 25 bands or something like that um i don't think it's i think it was initially we were confused because it's like percentile like oh am i in the 90th percentile of radiohead fans because i feel like none of us even touch someone like yourself alex who is like a lifelong die hard knows everything yeah. about the band type fan so you you are clearly a 100 percent fan 
Um, yes. And uh, okay, so that okay, that makes more sense. You know and then, do you want to? Yeah, I get you. That makes a lot more sense. I appreciate you walking through it for for Alex, obviously, not for the host <laughs> of the show who who have been doing this for six weeks. And we say six weeks, but it's been goddamn. It's been over six, six months, months now that we've probably, been doing yeah. this podcast, right? <laughs> we, we've got to be hitting the six month mark. I know. Okay, this I love this song so much. But anyway, keep going. Well, why did they? Why did they? Why is the title doesn't have the word drunk in it? Because in doesn't in the song he say it's a drunk punch up a wedding? Why is the song just titled just punch up at a wedding? I don't know. Maybe drunk is incongruous. Is that a label with thing? What he's trying. To, it could be. It could also be incongruous with what he's trying to do with the titles of the songs which are drunk yeah, is like kind of true. a silly woozy word right and it's not quite as intense as some of the titles of the other songs i mean it can be but you could say like drunk on young blood punch up at a way drunk <laughs> Vamp- vampirically drunk maybe yeah vampirically drunk that's right or or some fairy tale you know a punch up at cinderella's wedding something like that that would fit really nicely <laughs> But yeah, I, what was my fandometer number at? Because I remember like, and Amnesiac and Kid A did not move me further into fandom. Charles, you were at a 80%. Okay, so I'll I'll start and say that I'm now at 85 because I did, I liked this album quite a bit. Um, yeah, much more than Amnesiac and, and Kid A, which again, I admired but I probably will not like listen to again the same way that I will listen to some of these songs or the songs on OK Computer or the bands that I just loved. Mm. Yeah. Um, Chris, can I don't mean to be a dick about this, but Chris, can you just read me my progression again just so I know where I'm at? Yeah, you have, okay. You, you, want, backup, you want the right? whole thing. Yeah, yeah, just so I know. Okay. So we started, Jake, you started at 35% after Pablo Honey, the highest Pablo Honey. By far, by far. What a trooper! And then you, and then you moved up to it. 55 percent with the Benz, eighty percent on yeah. OK Computer, yeah, eighty-five uh, percent, right? Eighty-five on uh, Kid A, and then eighty-five on Amnesiac. So I'm gonna stick again at eighty-five. I mean, that's still a really good score for this band. And I don't mean to say that these records aren't making me more fan. It was just OK Computer did the most work, and it, it mm. got, OK Computer got me there. Yeah. And then Kid A brought me a little bit further, and it's just kept me there. So like, I think if some, I don't want to. Maybe if the other records are bad, I will go down. Like I'm not saying that that's out of the question. I don't know, but I'm saying that I hate to say because I really really enjoyed this record. It was certainly one of my favorites, and I'm saying I'm staying at 85 again. But that's just because OK Computer and Kid A did so much work for me that I feel I have, I'm just. I have I'm an OK scared. Computer. I have an OK Computer question. Um, are you guys in order? Is OK Computer remastered that got released in the past few years a part of the collection, mm. or was that in part of? So there's not much new on there. There's a few songs like Lift. Lift is a funny one because they thought it was too catchy and too good to release. Uh, they didn't want to be that popular. It's a great radio in fact. They thought it was too too going to make them too popular, so they didn't release it with OK Computer because they're so weird and they don't really want that many fans. And I, I don't believe. Um, so, but that's a great song. But it was it was released on OK Computer Remastered, which was only released in the last few years. Um, it was that so, OK, not OK. Yeah. 
I did. Yeah, I did not listen to that one. I listened so it's to not, the it's not a different album, but it's 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 got a couple B sides and some uh, some. Yeah, I didn't. Weird I didn't listen to that one. Me neither. So, yeah. But just no, made yeah, me I mean, think. Of, made me think of the lift fact. Uh, that lift is a great song. Uh, yeah. The B side off OK Computer that they thought was going to make them too popular. Um, so just a, another funny <laughs> classic R H. Yeah. Do you guys call them R H, or do you just say Radiohead? What? Do you use call them RH or do you just say radio? I've never heard of RH before. <laughs> That's a thing now you gotta now, start. Now it's I not that it. much easier to say. It doesn't say H is a hard letter to say. It doesn't save you yeah. much time. <laughs> now I've, I've I've got actually an interesting question for you guys because I don't have any tattoos and I've always wondered if I was gonna get a tattoo, what would it be? Uh, and I think of like the things that I love the most in my life. And radio has always been one of them. And for years I thought maybe it'd be radio tattoo but their logo is so weird and creepy and looks like the dead mouse logo and i'm like that just can't that can't be on my body so i'm curious is like what what else would is even out there that you've discovered rh do people actually call them that um so anything else to consider because like the i would the, the so if, logo is just too weird to have i didn't tattoo. even you can get a sick cat a sick cat on your body for somewhere mix, for myxomatosis yeah <laughs> yeah i was kind of like that i was gonna say so like i had no idea they had a logo and i hate this logo it totally <laughs> me out. it's classic i don't know classic, anything about, classic, i don't know anything about the logo either classic rh they like really do it. <laughs> everything in their power to just like be like you want to like us well like yeah. tough shit we're gonna yeah. get you know other than the music itself which oh, is mostly that's a bad amazing fucking logo mate that sucks but like alec or alex i love their <laughs> i love their album covers like i think their album covers are really cool and like i don't Stanley think you have, i don't think you should have the pens which looks like a orgasming person and i don't <laughs> think you should have um pablo honey and i don't think you should have um uh anything related to uh um uh hail to the thief and like all the logos but like i think the okay computer album cover is like super cool and there's something about it that i think is very beautiful even though it's also like creepy and all about like isolation and you know loneliness and i also think that the kid a like album is incredible and mm -hmm. like yeah kid I, a is cool that'd be cool yeah kid a specifically is a very cool song live very weird song very cool song live they they add a lot extra to that song kid a live wow um their album covers are cool i want a vinyl wall uh behind me in my office as you can tell this ancient uh wallpaper behind me is not my office it's my uh my in-laws uh house and it's their old grandparents house so it's covered in wallpaper but at home in my home office i work from home full time uh i really want a radiohead vinyl wall behind me with all the albums oh, but they sick. all cost like a hundred dollars so like it's 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 an expensive project that i have not got gone to yet but i do want to buy all their vinyls and have the background to my office on my zoom window be all the radiohead vinyls as weird as some of them and are. that's um it, and that's why we had you on the podcast is we wanted to tell you that we're going to take all the revenue that we gained from the show <laughs> and we're going to give it to you so you can build a Radiohead vinyl yeah. wall. Wow. That would be sick. Will you build me a GoFundMe page? I, uh, I, <laughs> I, yeah, I you can build I, that, but we'll give you the revenue. We don't do it <laughs> bad. So there's the revenue is really like almost, it's, I think it is, uh, Chris, you're the man, the numbers guy. It's zero dollars, right? <laughs> 
It's not zero, but it's less than one cent. It's like it's kind of okay. in that flux. Well, that's where yeah. I bring up right. the go. That's where I bring up the GoFundMe because I have a friend. Uh, that's on you though. That's not on us. Well, well, yeah. well, well it, it can't be. Like I have a friend that uh, lives in my town. Um, he's a uh, he is in tree work. He's an arborist who, who cuts down trees. Um, and his coworkers wanted him to get Call of Duty, uh, and he said no. That he they had no interest, and they started a GoFundMe page to buy him Call of Duty, uh, and they and they got the money. And now he has called duty. So uh, as like a twenty-eight-year-old adult, it worked. So um, just putting it out there. Wow, it's an option. So then, Alex, your friend is an arborist, and Chris, your friend is imaginary. Is that right? (laughs) This is a rough episode for you, Chris. (laughs) I got to get it out now because our next guest said that she doesn't want to be mocked on air. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I have an imaginary friend. It's no big deal. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to act like that was funny. That's all right. <laughs> where, where can I listen to your reviews of all of the previous albums and especially some of the upcoming albums as well? I need to I need to know. Oh, well, yeah. We episodes. haven't released any episodes yet. Oh, sorry, Chuck. Go for it, buddy. No, uh, you go ahead. I was just going to say we're going to release them when we're done in, okay. like a, in like a week-to-week format. Well, my top three albums listen. ever, and they Let's alternate. Yeah, Cons- they alternate constantly. Um, so this is in no order because it changes. Is Hail to the Thief, OK Computer, and In Rainbows. Um, In Rainbows might be their most oh, wow. popular album ever to the greater public. Whoa. So those are the three. Uh, I love all of their albums. Wait, Pablo is In Rainbows Rainbow number one or number three? I said in no order. Three. They alternate constantly. Oh. Oh. So I can't at, at any at any time, any of those can be number one. I would say, hmm, I'd say it's hard. I'd say if I had to say, like, if I had to just, like, make a guess of, of the ranking, and it's a guess because they constantly change, In Rainbows is one. So I'm a little excited for you guys to get into it uh, with the Hell of the Leaf 2 and OK Computer 3. Um, they're all perfection, and they change a lot. But, uh, but yeah, In Rainbows is quite spectacular. Alex, can you answer this question for me? So Hail to the Thief, because I want to talk very quickly about In Rainbows and where we're heading after this album. So something is really interesting is Hail to the Thief was leaked before it came out. Who leaked it? Like, was it one of their producers who just accidentally leaked it? It's not known because I I I don't I don't person I don't personally know. And their release stuff for all their albums is like like we there could be the next Radiohead album getting released in the next ten minutes while we're on this call for all we know. (laughs) Like that like that's how they operate. They're so secretive um and so yeah they're so secretive and they really just will keep uh keep everything between them and so um well that's so hopefully something, in the next 10 minutes that'd be and, pretty awesome and that's something i think is so interesting right <laughs> is like so like radiohead we think of them as this band they're like pioneering and ahead of their time and experimental and art rock and they're doing what everybody else is going to do or they're doing what everybody else is not doing in opposition to it. And what I think is so interesting about Hell of the Thief is this album gets leaked. And from what I read, they were like annoyed, but not upset. They were like, oh, like, well, it wasn't finished and that kind of irritates us, but whatever. And then in Rainbows, which I haven't listened to yet, except for the first song, which I do uh, 
uh, as part of the podcast. And then in Rainbows, they completely like revolutionized the music industry. This is before Spotify comes out. This is before Apple Music comes out. I can't really remember what the context of the music industry was in 2007. My mind though is going to like MySpace and yeah. Napster and like um, whatever the other one was called. There was some, one other like illegal LimeWire and Lime like Kazaa and you know, that stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they come up with this pay what you what you want download where basically you called it a tip jar, Jake, which is like you can take it for free. You take it for one cent, you can take it for $100. That's like so ahead of its time. And I do think that partially that is a reaction to the fact that their music got released early, but then like in a public their, the spotlight was on them and then they reacted in the public because they're not going to pretend they're not going to say anything like oh like we're so upset that's not how they want to come off in the public they're like yeah it's a bummer like wasn't finished but whatever and then they then they completely take command of how they're going to release their music on in rainbows and they decide to do so in this way that basically makes it free for anyone who wants it the first time this has ever been really done certainly mm -hmm. to this extent by a band this popular, hmm. which I just think is like so cool. It's like a microcosm of who they are. It's like, they're hmm. just constantly thinking about everything beyond the music and like, okay, how are we going to promote this album? And what are we gonna do in context to the rest of the music that's being made? And how are we gonna release it? And you know, they're just very weird, but like with weirdness comes strangeness and with strangeness comes innovation. And that's exactly what happens after Hail to the Thief into In Rainbows with the way that they released that record. It's crazy to not get have that people in. Alex. What? As soon as you get that ta that tattooed, what Charlie said. Exactly. I just uh, said a lot of things. I'll write uh, yeah, it all down for you. Please, thank you. Yeah, I'll get it. My whole back will be that that, <laughs> that, uh, that monologue from Charlie. But um, it's crazy. I, I I always find myself mind blown with not really knowing it. Many Radiohead fans, but like they go on tour and like, it and under and this is the under one second every ticket to every stadium full stadium is sold out in under yeah. one second you're in those lines taylor swift-esque break the internet-esque um like it's it's very difficult to to get tickets and these days they don't have a lot of control but my understanding is that back in the day they they tried to create functions that would not allow people to buy them resale that weren't big radiohead fans or give them people friends tickets or bring people i don't know exactly how the, if they were able to accomplish any of that but i think they truly want only their their big fans there um so it's always hard to get tickets and it's easier these days obviously just because the way things are with resale and technology but uh but I know they always try to make they try to make everything as difficult as possible for us. I think that's the next frontier, though, for them to tackle Radiohead is like how to fix touring, because it's such a pain in the ass to buy tickets. And Ticketmaster has such a monopoly on the industry. And like, I know, obviously, in the 90s, like Pearl Jam or was it 2000s Pearl Jam went to war with Ticketmaster and like it's happened where artists have challenged them and there are apps like Dice where you buy a ticket at face value and if you can't go, you just resell it back to Dice and someone else buys it at face value. But like, I would be curious to see how Radiohead, if they go on tour again, how they how they go about this. Because it doesn't sound like, it sounds like they're just like Taylor Swift or Bad Bunny or one of these artists who like, their demand for tickets is like 
so intense and so insane you know there's got to be some way to fix it so that people who are like really diehard fans can go and not people who are going to scalp and resell them which happens mm. so much it's such a bummer chris did we skip your fandometer by the way i wanted you to weigh in on that sort of yeah joke. i'll toss it out there uh so i increased <laughs> i'm increasing so this is definitely my favorite radiohead record so far um nice nice and i'm going to so i'm i think i'm on the fringe of calling myself a radiohead fan i'm not i'm not ready to just yet but i think it's because i know of what's coming a little bit and i have a feeling that that's really gonna get me there um so i'm gonna hit a 68 percent on the fandomer yeah bro bro, hit the 69 come on (laughs) (laughs) what a missed what a missed come on total missed opportunity Um, i almost went 69 but i thought it you know just didn't feel right I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see that and can you I'm sorry I don't, I don't know if i missed it but did, where, where where were you what did you increase from after 60. amnesia 60 okay okay i have I'm a down. couple like couple it. thoughts i don't want to i don't want to lose because i feel like that they're important to share um you said if they ever tour again i think it's a big if um i rumor has it and by rumor i mean rumors that you will not be able to find on google my oldest brother's best friend is very high up in the music industry Whoa. and says that and said used to be yeah used to be the red hot chili peppers manager act one of their managers actually and i'll tell you about what that has allowed me to do in my uh concert life but uh rumor has it that the smile has caused quite a rift um in that not the entire band is involved because this unlike adams for peace which was just tom york with flea from the red hot chili peppers oh my fucking god why have we not talked about that um the smile <laughs> is a significant portion of of radiohead so i'm stressed about the fact that there could be a rift and that could impact mm. um their future together because i do think they have plenty of probably unreleased music and plenty of music to still release um They've come so, we'll so far as a core five piece. If they fell apart now, it would be like incredible because they would basically be turning their back on 30 years of togetherness. You know, it's like so yeah. often bands break up early on or like they get famous or like they would do solo records, whatever. And, you know, kind of like, again, like you too. Fuck, every time I think I'm done comparing them, <laughs> it comes back and I compare them again. But they've stayed together, the core, the core group, their whole time which is like another amazing thing about them is like they have not broken up. So it would be sad if they did. I think for a I've tried time. researching to see if I can find anything about it. I haven't been able to find anything. I hope he's wrong. Um, you definitely need to include the one Adams for peace album and the smile album in at the end. Um, they're both very much Radiohead there, but mm. if you once you've listened to Radiohead enough, you know that, you know, they're not. I'd say the smile is closer to Radiohead. Adams for Peace almost is a little less weird sometimes. Um, they have one album with Flea and a couple other guys. It's phenomenal. And then the smile, I saw them live recently. I actually almost went to my first time to Europe just to see them, but it didn't work out. Um, but I did see them in Boston um, and they played, I don't know, 20 tracks like they a lot like they usually do. Tom likes to play um, about, I don't know, five or six of them were unreleased tracks that did not come out of the smile album, which means there should be another smile album coming. Um, and all the new tracks were, I mean, the whole album and all the new tracks are, it's pretty much like a Radiohead album. Adam's for peace was different enough where I don't feel that way. Uh, the smile is pretty much Radiohead in my mind. So um, 
It's mm. it's it's amazing. Um, much smaller scale. What about show. Animus? So, do you, do you think uh, we should listen to Animus? Is that it, I believe Anima is Tom York's oh. album. Uh, he has yeah, sorry of, Assassin's Creed on the brain. No, he has three or four of those. Um, let me let me pull up. Let me. So Tom York's discography is like if you were to take all the weird part of Radiohead's and make that the only part of thou the music. <laughs> okay. uh, like his 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 solo stuff is like out there anima has some really good tracks the eraser is the tom york album that matters um his first okay, that's the it. tom york album that has some music that is incredible black swan mm. analyze the clock the eraser that's an amazing album still again weirder than radiohead even which is pretty hard to accomplish but um Anima and his other solo albums are very, very out there. Worth listening to. I haven't dove into some of the other band members stuff. Johnny uh, and uh, Ed O'Brien both have their own albums as well. And I've never dove in, dove into those um, that much, but, uh, but yeah, Tom's solo stuff is, is weird. Okay. All right. So we'll avoid um, that then, at least for the show. I will, I do want to listen to it because if it's weird, I am always kind of interested in, weird music just at least to listen to one so i think yeah. it's probably worth it but but the erasers the the erasers the most listenable tom york album and that's that's a great one i'd say anima would be a, a the second most listenable and then like he did tomorrow's modern boxes really freaking weird um he did uh uh, like a script for the music for a movie and put out an album of all those tracks that's like i mean unlistenable like it's not then what's I'm it's not <laughs> what's the Sucks. name i i i don't think i i've never heard of the other one that you mentioned the smile on another band what was that Where yeah adam adams for peace uh a-t-o-m adam, adams for, for peace. peace uh it was a collab he did okay. flea from the chili peppers was the basis uh my second favorite yeah. band ever so really quite the collab for me wow. uh, and seeing them live uh, talk about crazy to see time York cool. and flea yeah. up there going wild that album is <laughs> is is perfection um but uh going back to the the guy my brother's best friend because i think it's worth a story worthwhile for just the one the one time i'm on here because the red hot chili peppers and radiohead were both um headlining oceaga in montreal uh we were able to get vip tickets and that allowed us to this section like empty section right in front of the stage where you could lay in the grass all day while miles of people filled in right in front of the stage so i did once get to see radiohead just like straight front right there no one around me um and that was like the best day of my life <laughs> so, oh, so, awesome. so so no, that won't be probably repeatable i also don't think they'll ever headline a music festival again if i have the to fandometer straight broke when that happened <laughs> <laughs> it exploded i mean i literally right, last I question alex do you think it should be the fandometer or the fandometer hmm. fandometer I, I think i think uh comes out right. the tongue more easily all right all right that's cool all with right. me um it's, that seemed like well, a so, controversial uh, closing... take, but i said what i said now it was it was a hired it was a higher debate in the beginning of the show um when we first started but now i know we're all kind of just still not really sure what we should do in that part of the show so we're kind of still <laughs> just kind of spitballing last question before yeah. we go are you an arctic monkeys fan uh, yeah, well 
on the fandometer. Um, probably. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm a hundred on the pendulum for monkeys. That's so that takes some thought. I, I definitely liked one of their albums a lot back in the day, maybe five, seven years ago. They listened to a bunch. I don't think I've heard any of their other music. That album probably put me at like a ninety percent fan. Whoa, like close right. to album. a. Do you think it, close to a close to a close to a fan, but really only had listened to that album and did like it, but like ninety percent fan. What album was that? Do you remember? Um, it'd let be me... AM, right? Probably AM. Like... Oh, yeah. So you're a big fan. So you're a big fan of pop yeah, it's music. A. It's AM. It's AM. Yeah. Yeah. So you like AM. pop music? I don't know. <laughs> Do I? What What else classifies as pop? No, nah, I don't know. No, no, no. I'm just. I'm Jake, calling back to last episode. We have a debate episode. about AM. Yeah, we have a debate about. We have a debate. About <laughs> I hate only... that record. Big debate. That's the, big debate. That's the only album I know, and I did enjoy it. Um, I mean, my my AM. favorite. If you have to look at like it's where pop. my favorite bands rank, it's my my favorite bands ever are Radiohead, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Muse, Anderson Pack is in the top five as well. Right. I don't know if wow. I'm a, nice. I don't know if I don't know if I have a five that rounds it out. Maybe historically, like Eminem, not today though. Where um, do you come down on Silk Sonic? I love them. Oh my love, god. Love oh my Silk god. Sonic. That's Good a I mean, that's a what what a combination between Bruno Mars and his back. Yeah. Legendary. Silk Sonic is I've talked about this so many times before, but Silk Sonic is good because they're funny. Not only is the music like incredible and they're both such good singers and has that throwback like kind of soul sound, but the lyrics like make me laugh. And they're yeah, kind of no. like it's so funny and I no one's ever had more swag than bruno yeah. mars and anderson pack combined. yeah yeah like They're that's that's so... the swagometer if that exists uh broke as well so i got swagometer now. but yeah, swag-o-meter. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> see it's yeah, tricky it goes yeah, back and forth yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't know how to say i um, played two sides the only you did. The only other thing I'll mention about you two is that uh, in that Bruno Mars, in that Silk Sonic song, he, he does the, uh, the this bitch got me paying the rent. I always thought that was a very funny bitch in a song. Uh, Bono's son, the singer of the band Inhaler, on, uh, I forget what song it is, but on their first or second record, he hits a really funny bitch that's kind of the same like level where he's just like, I fucking hate that bitch. Just in the middle of a song, you're like, oh, God. That's rough, dude. Like that's not cool. <laughs> You're I just didn't like, know. Ooh. I didn't know his son was in a band. Are they good? Yeah, me neither. Didn't know he had a son. Uh, no, yeah, Inhaler. They're fucking. I think they're really good. Uh, he, the singer, is Bono's son, and he hates Bono with every bone in his body. Uh, doesn't really? talk to him. But Inhaler is very good. Their their second record with all the four faces on the when it's like red, blue, and black and white. That that record's really fucking great. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> I'm looking them up on Wikipedia and Eli Houston, his name is right. Y- yes. And there's no, there's no, I mean, there's articles, there's references at the bottom, but it doesn't say that he's Bono's son. Uh, I think yeah, in, he tries to remove himself from Bono, which seems like very intentional. Bono, by, by the way, yeah. Bono's got a daughter and uh he's yeah two and one of them is like an actress so like obviously his kids are like in the family business basically which i did not know um i always think it's interesting it is funny that he talks about his kids and he's like i have in the book he's like i have 
great relationships with all my kids, but it's like, well, you have one son that you haven't mentioned and he will not even talk to you. So I don't think you have that great relationships with your kids, but you're cool. Yeah, you're good. Wow. Keep rocking, baby. Yeah, keep rocking. <laughs> Dang, I did not know. I did not know that. I'll have to check them out. Specifically that song. There, I, I, that, I do. That record is very good. Um, I think it, I'll, I'll find the song real quick where he says, I, I'll know the name. It's something about a king. Okay. We'll add it in the liner notes of the episode. Alex, any concluding thoughts before we wrap up this episode? My king will be kind. Sorry. My king will be kind. There we go. Any wrapping thoughts? Uh, I think my hope is that you guys all become Radiohead fans because because um, it's the best and you'll, you'll, you won't regret it um, because they're just, I mean, it's an acquired taste, but once you get into it, it's uh, you can never get out. So uh, hmm. hope you guys all become fans. Super excited to hear your reviews of each album, uh, especially this upcoming album in, in Rainbows, and hopefully they'll make some more for, for y'all to review. And um Happy to happy to join and talk about any album anytime. So, um, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. This has been a uh, a pleasure and super enjoyable. Because, like I said, I don't have many friends that are Radiohead fans, so I don't get to have this type of dialogue very often. So it was uh, it was a pleasure. Thank you so on, much, buddy. Alex. Yeah, seriously, this is great. Yeah, you were a great guest, man. Great episode. Appreciate it. Good yeah. luck with everything. Have a good night, thanks, guys. Dude. Thanks, guys. Yeah, have a good thanks. night. All right, All right. fellas. Peace. Good night, boys. In rainbows. In rainbows. Up In, next. Next Enjoy. week for the listeners, but probably another month and a half for us. Yeah, exactly. There'll be a new president. <laughs> oh god. We gotta right, get another. Guys. It's not gonna be right. a new one next time, but you gotta get the same one again. <laughs> oh, he's gone. He left. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was like another Trump X exit. Yeah. How'd you guys think he did, by the way, since it's just the three of us now? I thought he was great. Yeah, man, that was awesome. Garbage. Oh, yeah, no, no, yeah. It was great. Absolutely, yeah. Great. I think it's fun to, like, it's just fun to talk to somebody who's, like, so obsessed with something and, like, hear why they're so obsessed yeah. with it. It's like, yeah, I will always that find that interesting. That would have been a good... We should have done something like that with Arctic Monkeys. Instead, it was just us every week talking about how great Arctic Monkeys were. We should have just had a little sense. bit of a different angle. <laughs> yeah. I know. Except for AM week, but we don't have to talk about that because I know you guys are big pop music fans, but love pop music. Couldn't love it more. <laughs> All right. Are we done? That's it. I think we're done. All right, have a good night, fellas. All right. Feel better, later, Jake. Boys. Thank you, man. I'm I'm even worse than I was. I, w- I woke up this morning a lot sicker than I was yesterday, so I'm sorry. No, it's, it's tough, sick. man. Yeah. Get some You're rest. Great. Yeah, get some rest, drink some tea. Yeah. Try my best. All right, fellas. Good night. All right, later, later, guys.